Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These words of St. John the Baptist, who is the primary figure of Advent, especially these Sundays, these first Sundays of Advent, beckons for every obstacle to be removed before our Lord and Savior. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low. As a child, whether it be in clearing a vegetable garden of rocks or in high school clearing Four Mile Run Park and the dirt and gravel soccer field that they had where we practice as a JV team at Bishop Ayrton, maybe you've also had the experience of clearing rocks from a big field. Not only is it obvious that plants don't grow in rocks and soccer balls don't roll well in gravel, and we know very clearly that they just simply don't belong. They need to go. They don't belong here at all. We know that there are, um, there will always be more rocks. Every year, at every new season, before every planting, it's time to go out and get a crew together to pick up more rocks and get rid of them. Eventually, over the course of time, the field improves, but it seems as though there will always be rocks to pick up. It may be a helpful image for Advent, penitential season, not quite as penitential as Lent because Christmas isn't quite as glorious as Easter. It's time to to remove some more rocks. What are those obstacles that obstruct the work of grace? At the conclusion of Holy Mass, the post-communion prayer, you'll hear these words. Repleti cibo spiritualis alimoniae. Suplites te domini de precamur, ut huius participatione misterii. Docias nos terrena despicere et amare celestia. Of those five very short lines, the first three are identical to the Latin prayer for the ordinary Mass these days. Fed by these spiritual gifts, we beg you, O Lord, that in participating in these sacred mysteries, you may teach us with regard to earthly things, and that's where the two prayers admit of differences. What you'll hear today is despicere, which is to despise, to detest, and amare celestia, to love heavenly things. In the ordinary mass, it's slightly different. Ut huius participatione misteri docias nosterena sapienter pependere et celestibus inherere. To wisely weigh things, pependere, et celestibus inherere, and to choose to cling to the heavenly things. Inher, right? Now, granted, it's the traditional prayer that adopts the language of St. John. 
especially the language of his epistles, to hate the world and to love heaven. But in the face of those who's, who don't understand how to properly hate the world, in the face of those who don't understand what our Lord means when he says, unless you hate father, mother, son, daughter, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, you're, you're not worthy of my kingdom. Some people don't quite understand what that means. They forget the, the obligation to love everyone, to love your enemies, to desire the salvation of all. May very well be appropriate that we're also encouraged to, to, to discern the earthly things and to cling to those things that pertain to heaven. So maybe go back to that field, go back to that vegetable garden. Sometimes you do find a, a, a little nodule, and it looks like a rock, but when you press it between your thumb and your fingers, you realize, oh, it's just dirt. Okay, that can stay. We can, we can redeem that. That doesn't have to go. Put that back in our Advent discernment, and we realize there are some things that simply have to stop. There are some friends, quote-unquote, in whose company evil things always happen. Those are friends that um, aren't friends. Those are people whose company we should not keep. And instead of pretending that they're friends, and unfortunately, um, people always get drunk, or unfortunately, um, bad things are always uh, coming up in conversation. We have to admit, though they're, they're not friends, on the other hand, there are those who, whose company can be redeemed. Right? The conversation doesn't always go south. Sin doesn't always happen. And so we can heal them. They can be part of the road that is made smooth, that leads us closer to heaven. So we, we pray for a, for a true Christian understanding of how to discern what needs to go, what needs to be fixed. We have another two weeks of Advent to prepare for the joy of Christ. We know there are some things, some activities, some people that we can enjoy in the presence of Christ, or their presence doesn't prevent us from experiencing the joy of Christ. By the same token, we have to consider does my presence impede the work of grace in other people's lives? Do I make it harder for other people to be good? Do I make it harder for them to be joyful, to be kind, to be merciful? Or do I make it easier? How can I improve? How can I change the way that my presence in other people's lives affects them and makes their road to heaven either bumpier or smoother? And in this discernment, we love all. We love our enemies, even. During this week when we have two more uh, celebrity terrorists, it seems that we have uh, a weekly new celebrity terrorist, a secular world and a secular government and secular newspapers are straining at the gnat to try to find some cause for their adopting, quote-unquote, extremist, violent ideologies. Ignoring the, the very same reports about the madrasa where they go to learn from not some odd book, but from the original book of Islam, where they would be taught, quote, 
O you who believe, do not take the Jews and the Christians for friends. They are friends of each other, and whoever amongst you takes them for a friend, then surely he is one of them. Surely God does not guide the unjust people. That's chapter 5, or Surah 5, verse 51. Or elsewhere, in chapter 3, as for those who disbelieve, surely neither their wealth nor their children shall avail them in the least against God. We wouldn't disagree with that. And these it is who are the fuel of the fire, the fuel of the fire of hell. We can see a marked difference between a truly godly way of being detached from the world, recognizing in the world good and beautiful things, things that remind us of the eternal, things that lead us to heaven, to love all, even to love even the ones whose company we can't keep because it causes us to sin, but we still love them and we still love our enemies. Radically different from a desire to see the whole world just go up in flames. We can remind the world that Christianity is the religion that gave them St. Nicholas, right? Today's his feast day. If you love St. Nicholas, you put out your stocking the night before, which means maybe you love St. Nicholas and you forgot because today's the second Sunday of Advent. You can still go home, go back to bed, put, put on your pajamas, and leave out a red stocking or you know some shoes outside the door, and hope and pray that St. Nicholas will send someone to share the wealth. This is St. Nicholas, who's the manly hero of the divinity of Christ and the doctrine of the Trinity. And the same St. Nicholas who went out of his way anonymously to save young girls from being sold into white slavery. This is the religion that proclaims that God loves us so much he was willing to live with us, to be among us, to live our life, to suffer our condition, to rescue the downtrodden and the poor and the lowly and the hated. Not to explain why the lowly and the hated deserve their condition. In fact, the prayer for St. Nicholas Deus Cubiatum, Nicolaum Pontificem in numeris decorasti miraculis tribue quesimus, ut eus meritis et precibus agehene incendis liberemur, that by his merits and prayers we may all be liberated from the fire of hell. If today weren't a Sunday, that would be our prayer at the beginning of Mass, on behalf of all human beings, that we all be spared the fire. We all know that coming before the Lord, we have nothing of our own, no merit that is purely our own that we can offer up which is pleasing to Him. All that we can offer up which is pleasing to Him is the merit that we gain through His grace that He makes possible with His assistance to be able to participate in the only true sacrifice which is worthy of him and pleasing and beautiful, which is the sacrifice of God himself, the sacrifice of God the Son. And so it's this Christian abnegation that actually leads to joy. It leads to peace because it removes before us every obstacle that stands between us 
and heaven. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.